Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. You ready to get into the Word today? Okay, good. Um, let's see, where do I, where do I begin? I, I was this week preparing this message and I um, went back to a, a memory, a, a story. Um, when I was 10 years old in, in 1984, um, my family took a summer vacation. I grew up in the Maryland area, right outside of Washington, D.C. And um, we had a 1984, actually we had a 1977 Dodge Sportsman van. And we loaded up that van and we drove from Maryland all the way to Orlando, Florida. It was um, 880 miles. I didn't know that as a 10-year-old, but I Googled it last night. Um, a, we, you know, we, we packed up everything for this long trip, so the timing was a little off there. Uh, we'll get it next time. So that was the van we had, and um, uh, we, we packed up and drove. And now you have to understand that this is 1984. Nothing has a screen. Like, there is no such thing as a touch screen anywhere. There was no video games, there was no switches, there was no flips, there was no kicks, there was nothing. There was Mad Libs and comic books and annoying your older sister. And that's the only thing that I had to get me through that two-day drive. Um, but you know, when you're 10 years old and it's 1984, I, I didn't know how to drive a car. I didn't know how to navigate I-95 down to Florida. I didn't know how to read a map because we didn't have a GPS. Somebody had to actually know how to read a physical paper map and chart by the stars. We were like Magellan out there. I didn't have any money because I was a 10-year-old. I didn't bring anything to that table for that vacation. I didn't pay for gas. I didn't pay for food. I didn't pay for hotels. I just trusted my stepdad and my mom to lead the way. But here's what I did know. I knew we were on a journey. I knew it would be fun. I knew that at the end of the journey, there was an amazing destination waiting for me. I knew that our van had the optional air conditioning that other people's vans didn't, so I was grateful. Could you imagine air conditioning being an option? But in 1977, when my stepdad bought that van, it was an option. He didn't spring for the power windows, by the way, so we had to do this little guy. And we had the little triangle thing that would blow in air in the front. Anybody under 40 has no idea what we're talking about. That's old people talk right there. Now, we didn't have any trouble along that route, at least none that I remember, but I also knew that as a 10-year-old who's just trusting his parents to take him on this grand adventure, that if we would have had a flat tire, everything would have been okay. God forbid we would have had a fender bender, everything would have been okay. Like, I, 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 I was trying to look for some photos, but then I realized there are no photos of this trip because it was 1984 and every family vacation was taken on 35 millimeter film and then put onto slides. And you, now, now we're really talking about the old people to know what slideshows looked like with the family where your stepdad would literally set up the projector screen like it was 1964. Well, that's what, that was the only way that we had to remember that trip. Now, we got to Disney uh, after that two-day drive, and um, I didn't know how any of the rides worked 
I didn't know how Space Mountain worked, but I knew that it was the funnest one. I didn't know how the animatronic, well, I probably did figure out the animatronics on It's a Small World because you could see the big wires moving everything. Now I think they've torn it down and it's all like 3D digital holograms in 4K. But when I was there, you could see the wires pulling the heads up and down, right? Did anybody go to Disney in the 70s or 80s? Come on, somebody. All right, I'm not the only old guy. So, um, but I didn't know how everything worked. I was just enjoying the wonder of it all. And I didn't understand, we went over to Epcot. Now Epcot Center, if you've never been there, right in the middle of Florida, they created every nation on the world. And I didn't understand why they did that. You know, 40 years later, I'm still not sure why Epcot exists. You gotta wonder if that was one of their like, yeah, we, that was a mistake, but we went all in. So once we were there, we just went all in on that one. Um, it was a mystery to me because I didn't mind exploring the mystery because I trusted my parents. I had relationship with them. They provided for me, they protected me. And the fun was just in the journey. And the fun was not in figuring everything out. The fun was in the mystery. I knew that at the hotel down there in Florida, um, that one day we had seen uh, two alligators that were sunbathing on the, the pond behind the, the pool. And my sister and I were out on the little dock and I was 10 years old and one time I remember falling into that pond and saying my first public cuss word. And my little perfect sister that never cussed, I had to ask her politely to help pull me out of the water because I knew that an alligator was about to bite my legs off. That's a true story. You know, as a child, almost everything we do is a mystery. Like, we don't really figure stuff out until, like, teenagers know everything, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at 10, we, I didn't know everything yet. So I just kind of, it was a big, fun adventure. And I just went along for it, and I didn't know how the whole world worked, and I had a lot of questions, and sometimes I would get answers, but I didn't get all the answers, and you know what, somehow that was okay too. And sometimes you fall off the dock and you, you, you know, try not to get eaten by an alligator and sometimes you have a flat tire and, and that's going to be okay too because when you're a child, you're just trusting your parents to lead you into the, the mysteries of life. The problem is in life and the problem is especially, listen to me, in the kingdom of God when we stop acting like children and we think we figured everything out. When we lose that childlike wonder of exploring the mysteries of the kingdom of God and we think that we have it all figured out. Well, in Mark chapter 10, there's this interesting story about the disciples and little children. You've all heard it before if you've been in church for more than five minutes. But it says, they, meaning the disciples, uh, the people, sorry, the people were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them and he was going to bless them. But the disciples rebuked the parents. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was indignant. And he said to the disciples, hey, let those children come to me, don't hinder them, because to such like these children belongs the kingdom of God. And truly I say to you, listen to this church family, if you were ever gonna get a tattoo in Hebrew and you wanted it to be super long, this is a good one, even though it's written in Greek. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took those children into his arms and he blessed them. I want to give you a peek into the ancient Middle East. The disciples weren't being jerks. Children back then were third-class citizens. 
They didn't work. They didn't provide anything. You know how kids are today. Like they didn't help in any way. So then they didn't have a lot of value in the community. The disciples weren't trying to be cruel. They were just being ancient Middle Eastern people. And it was like, hey, the traveling preacher is here. Let's keep the kids away and put some people that need the preacher near him. But then in this moment, Jesus reveals a mystery of the kingdom of heaven. And it's important that we recognize what Jesus did then and then we apply it to our lives today. He made a revelation in verse 15 where he said, truly I tell you whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. So Jesus is, is giving us a mandate to be childlike in our faith, that we would keep that awe and, and wonder, that we would ask questions and we would learn, but we would also be okay if we don't find all the answers. About two or three years ago, I preached a message called Childlike Faith. If you're new to our church, I encourage you to go to our YouTube page, search for it and um, find it. I think it's a picture of me on a child's bicycle with balloons behind me. And the whole message was on having childlike faith. That's not what this message is about. This message is about us exploring the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven with childlike faith. Um, we have been praying for Bethel Church in Redding, California, uh, for uh, Benny Johnson. That's Pastor Bill. He's the, the senior pastor there. His wife has been fighting um, cancer for the last couple of years. And um, last Wednesday, she went to heaven. And on Sunday, last week, Pastor Bill preached on mourning. And if you've never um, heard a message on mourning from somebody whose wife died three days earlier, I would encourage you, strongly encourage you to go to their YouTube page and watch that message. It was, um, it changed my life to hear Bill talk right after losing his wife. And there was one particular phrase, it was two, but the first one that, that, that stuck out to me was this quote. He said, your inability to live with mystery is your resistance to childlikeness. Your inability to live with mystery is your resistance to childlikeness. So you can't go to another country without a passport. For some reason in the kingdom of God, one of these mysteries is that if we would have a childlike heart, it will unlock aspects of the kingdom of God that we can't get to without a childlike heart that there are mysteries and wonders in God that we can't even get into unless we have a childlike heart. And what I have seen in my life is too often Christians live their whole Christian life and they never access the deeper things in God because they're not willing to explore the mysteries in the kingdom. When something weird or mysterious happens in the kingdom, people are like, um, no. I only want to go to a church where everything is safe, where everything is, is scripted, where everything is protected, where nothing weird happens. I don't want to go to a church where you stop in the middle of everything and pray for sick people. That's just weird. You're not going to like this church very much because we're a group of people that are childlike exploring the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 18, another verse on Jesus and children. Listen to this. The disciples were being disciples. And they were like, hey, um, boss, who's the real one? Like, who's the greatest? Who's your favorite? This is like when your kids, you know, all want to know who the favorite is. Uh, the favorite for me is the child that didn't move away. So I don't know where my son is right now, but he's my favorite right now because my two daughters 
have moved away. So, so. And he's the one who gave me a son, a daughter-in-law. So if one of y'all give me a son-in-law, then you can work your way up the ladder. So. Both of my daughters have changed their contact in my phone that says joy-favorite. And Jordana has Jordana-favorite. But Josh didn't move away. The disciples asked Jesus, who's your favorite? Who's going to be the greatest? And Jesus broke the rules again. He grabbed one of those third-class citizens. He picked up a child, and he's got a child on his hip. And he says, truly I say to you, unless you turn, change, humble yourself, repent, and become like a little child, you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles themselves like this child will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one like a child in my name receives me. There's a great blessing on the men and women that serve in our children's ministry and the women that serve in our toddlers and babies ministry because they're receiving those children in the name of the Lord. Let me ask you a question and I would like you to answer out loud. Do you want to enter the kingdom of heaven? Okay, some of you thought that was a trick question. I'm going to ask it again. I swear it's not a trick. Do you want to enter the kingdom of heaven? Do you want more of Jesus in your life? So the access to the deeper parts of the kingdom of heaven are somehow done through childlike wonder as we explore the mysteries of God, which means we're not always going to have everything figured out, which means we're going to ask questions, but sometimes we're not going to get answers, which means, now please, time out, time out. Some of you that love to teach that love to study, that love to exegete, that love Greek and cross-references. I am not saying that we're not supposed to be good disciples. The very word disciple means a disciplined student. I'm not saying that we're only supposed to be like children and just wonder and just you know, pick our nose and wipe our boogers. You know, like, I'm not saying that that's the kind of Christian faith. We are also supposed to be like the Berean church that really studies our Bibles and does the cross-references and learns the, the definitions and we figure out the truth of the Word of God. But in the kingdom of God, it's never one or the other. It's always both. Yes, we study to show ourselves approved. And a Yes, unless we change and humble ourselves and become like a little child, we won't even receive the kingdom. So it's not one or the other, it's both. So yes, if you have a bent towards study and discipline and err, that's fine. You need some balloons in your life and you need to go and explore the mysteries of heaven. And if you only love flags and dancing and the mysteries and the rainbows of heaven, then you also need to read your Bible and study it and memorize some scripture and dig in. It's not one or the other, it's both. God has given us gifts. When I was a child, I loved my birthday because I received gifts. I loved Christmas because I received gifts. I loved random, you know, grandparents would come to town after missing your birthday and they would give you a guilt gift. Those were always good except my grandparents gave me sweaters and that was not good. True story. I remember my grandparents left and I went to my mom. She was standing in the kitchen and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? I was so grateful that my grandparents gave me a gift. It was literally, what's the fabric that you rub it one way, the fabric goes that way and you rub it the other way, it goes the other way? It was a velvet V-neck shirt and I was nine years old. Baby blue. 
So I would've, that would have been 1983. It would have been great if I had like sideburns and chest hair, right? A gold medallion. No, no, I was nine. Not sure what I was supposed to do with that sweater. But normally, when a child receives a gift, we like to open the gift. And if we don't know how it works, we're gonna play with it until we figure it out, aren't we? Like no child gets a gift and is like, oh, I don't know how this works, trash. No, the child will read the instructions. Adults won't, men won't, children will. They'll play with it, they'll try it, they'll, they'll try new things. Because we wanna receive a gift and then figure out how it works. God wants to give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you're like, mm, I'll go to a church that doesn't teach on that so I'm never challenged that hard. We resist the mysteries of the Holy Spirit because we prefer nothing weird in our Christian faith. Or we're in this kind of Pentecostally, Holy Ghosty kind of world, and there's been gifts that have been given to other people, and we're like, ooh, I'm gonna read their book. I'm gonna listen to their podcast. It seems that they have understood this thing about healing or prophecy or whatever, so I'm gonna wear their T-shirt. That's not why he's giving gifts of the Holy Spirit to the bride. It's so that other people can figure it out and you can read their books. Unless you are learning how to work out using those gifts. We are called, all of us are called with childlike wonder to look to our loving Father to take us on this journey to somewhere that's great and to explore the mysteries that are out there knowing that He will protect us, He will provide for us, He will empower us, and He will give us gifts to make His name known wherever we go. And then here's where people go off the rails. Yeah, 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 yeah. But why did that pastor you talked about, why did his wife die last week? Why do bad things happen to good people? Let me tell you an honest truth, I figured it out. I don't know. But I choose childlike joy and I keep my trust in my father when good things happen and when bad things happen. What happens to me doesn't predicate my joy. My joy is predicated in my relationship with the Father. In 1984, I went on a journey to Disney World with my parents. The entire trip was predicated on this intimate, loving relationship we had as a family. But can I just tell you that if you've ever went to Disney or taken your kids to Disney, no middle-aged person wants to be in Florida in July in the most humid place in the world outside for 14 hours. Nobody wants to spend the ridiculous, absorbent prices of Disney World and Epcot, whatever that is. No stepfather wants to pay for gas in an eight-cylinder 1977 van and then drive that thing 2,000 miles when gas was a dollar a gallon but it only got eight miles to the gallon. Yes, I looked it up. Why did my parents take us on that journey? Why did my parents take us to the wonder that was Disney World? Because they loved us so much, they wanted us to experience a mystery that we couldn't figure out, but that we would enjoy the journey. Our lives are a journey with a loving father and he wants to take us to places where he reveals as we go along deeper and deeper into his kingdom. And he'll give us gifts along the way that will help us to unlock deeper places. The joy is in the journey with the Father. 
Yes, sometimes there are problems. There are roadblocks. There are flat tires. There are car accidents. Yes, sometimes bad things happen to good people. But we always have a loving Father that is still wanting us to go into the deeper places, into the mysterious places of the kingdom, even if bad things happen. I would just like us for as a season. I, I don't know if I could ever hope this would be forever in a church in America, but that we would just shut up, stop complaining, get in the van and let us take them somewhere awesome. But it's like we feel like our job is to complain and criticize about everything. Just get in the van. It's got air conditioning. Your neighbors didn't have air conditioning in their van. It's gonna be amazing. He's gonna take you somewhere awesome. And it's okay to ask questions. There are aspects of the, the kingdom of God that we won't understand in this lifetime. So if you ask a question and you don't get an answer, don't demand God to give you an answer. He doesn't work for you. We work for him. It's his job to hide things. It's our job to discover them. Proverbs chapter 25 says, it is the glory of God to conceal things, but it's the glory of kings to search them out. The mysteries of the kingdom of God are not hidden from us, they're hidden for us. I'll say it over here because none of you amen, that was a really good thing. The mysteries of the kingdom of God are not hidden from us, they're hidden for us to search out. Revelation chapter one says that we are both kings and priests. So we are kings, we are royalty in the kingdom of, of, of heaven. Therefore, our job is to search out the mysterious things that are out there. Sometimes when there's a really special gift at Christmas, um, we would do a little mini treasure hunt in the house. Like it's one thing to just open it under the tree, but like if we went all in and we spent, you know, like it was the first time we spent three or four hundred dollars on a PlayStation or somebody was gonna get like a really nice bike or whatever, you know, we wanted to really make a, a show out of the gift that we were giving our kid for Christmas. We would hide it, not just wrap it under the tree, but that it would be hidden and there'd be clues all over the house. Or at Easter, sorry if this makes you think less of Josie and I, we would do Easter egg hunts and, and we would put Easter eggs out there for the kid and there'd be candy and money and all that. Whenever the child went looking for the gift, they were never alone. We were always right there with them, watching them as they were searching for the gift. Why? because our joy was in watching them discover their treasures along the way. And if they ever struggled to find something, like if we hid it too good and they, 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 were, they were striking out, they were looking through the toy bin, they were looking through the cabinets and they were just totally cold, we were near to them and we could help them. We could give them clues. Now, we would let them tear apart the toy bin for a while. We would let them dig through the, the, the Tupperware cabinet for a while. Like, we wouldn't just let them walk into the kitchen and be like, no, oh, okay, sorry. We'd let them make a mess for a little while, and we would be with them, and we would watch them, because we were delighting in the delight that was on their face as they thought they were finding something. When we're searching for the mysterious things in the kingdom of God, our loving Father is right there with us in the journey. And sometimes we're going to miss it, and he's going to be like, let us make a mess. And then he's going to put his arm around us and be like, look over there. A little warmer on that side of the house. God will draw near to us if we draw near to him. And he will lead us if we'll humble ourselves to be like a little child and have childlike faith and just explore the wonder mysteries of heaven. 
Let me also say this. If we spent three or $400 on a really big gift, we went all in, you know, whatever, and we did one of those treasure hunt things and we hid it all over the house and we were with our kids all over the house. I did it for my kids. I didn't do it for my neighbor's kids. I only hid things for my kids to find. Searching out the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven is only for God's children. Unbelievers don't get to search out these mysteries. Listen to Jesus' prayer in Matthew chapter 11, and I remind you that two verses earlier, he just rebuked, condemned, damned two entire cities full of people for being unbelievers. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus prayed this prayer, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, I thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and then revealing them to the children. I'll read it again. At that time, Jesus prayed, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Father, it actually pleased you to do it this way. It brings great joy to the Father in heaven to have Easter eggs in the mysteries of God that are for you to discover. They're not for unbelievers to discover. He's gonna take his children by the hand and lead them into truths and the deeper things of God. Today, the world thinks they're so clever. Today, the world thinks they have figured everything out. Today, the world thinks they know everything about life and about science, about biology, about genders, about marriage, about truth, about morals. But if you don't know God, who is absolute truth, we're the ones that look like idiots. We're the ones that look like bigots. We're the ones that look like idiots for our faith in God. I don't mind. Let's, we're not going to be ugly to people. We just happen to believe differently. We're, happen, we're, we're just happening to be rooting through the Tupperware cabinets of heaven because we're looking for new mysteries that are going to be re revealed. And we just can't wait. We're excited. Did any of you uh, men and women ever have the super ugly bowl cut that your mom gave you, or is it just me? Okay, two people had ugly bowl cuts. That's great. That's weird. So now I'm a little bit more upset with my mom than I thought I was. <laughs> I, I thought every kid had ugly bowl cut haircuts. Children have ugly haircuts. Children will wear mismatched clothes, mismatched socks. Kids. They'll wear a tennis shoe and a flip-flop. They don't care. Kids will be loud and dirty in a restaurant. They'll stand on the booth at Denny's and sing because they don't care what the world thinks about them. They're just out on a journey with their dad, and they're glad to be with him. I wish more Christians would have that kind of childlike faith that we would stop caring what the world thinks about us so much. We should embrace the mysteries of the kingdom of God. We shouldn't resist them. Those things that are mysteries, they're, they're concealed for us. It's like there's breadcrumbs of the deeper things in God. Here was the second quote that Pastor Bill said in that message last week that stuck with me so much. He said, the level of revelation into the kingdom will be equal to the level of mystery that you're willing to live with. The level of revelation into the kingdom will be equal to the level of mystery that you're willing to to live with. Most people never experience the deeper things of God because they're unwilling to experience the mysteries of God. 
This is why it's called a walk of faith and not a walk of I know it all. And, and sometimes, yes, we will see the big picture. God will give us the big picture. Sometimes God will give us one little puzzle piece. And we just have to trust our Father. We just have to keep giving Him praise and honor. Whether He gives us the big piece or the little puzzle piece, we have faith in Him no matter what. This is literally why Jesus only spoke in parables to unbelievers. If you don't know what a parable was, it was like a little short fictional story, but it always revealed another aspect, another mystery in the kingdom of heaven. And some people would, would hear them and understand the mystery. Other people would hear them and it would go over their head. Unbelievers would miss the point. So much so that the disciples asked Jesus, like, dude, why are you doing so many parables? And Luke's, Luke chapter eight, Jesus said, they said, dude, why are you doing so many parables? Uh, verse 10, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it's being given in parables. Why? Because seeing they may not see, hearing they may not understand. As believers in Jesus, we are invited into the mysterious aspects of the kingdom of heaven, the deeper places in God, where we see and understand. We hear the voice of the Father calling us. Unbelievers can hear a parable and not understand what it means. They don't understand. They think the only thing there is to life is going to school, getting a degree, or getting a job, and working, and watching Netflix, and retiring, and dying. There is so much more to the 90, 100 years we get in this life than that. But we have to be willing to explore the deeper things, the mysterious things in the kingdom of God. Remember, things are hidden for us. They're not hidden from us. And remember, when I would hide things for my kids, I never like hid them and was like, hey, your big present this year is a treasure hunt. Here's your first clue. I'm gonna go watch a TV show for an hour. Let me know if you found your big present. No, we were there delighting in their journey, delighting in their discovery. They were never alone. Sometimes our kids were wrong, but we were right there with them. And let me tell you this, sometimes our kids tried to unlock the mystery and they couldn't do it. We never shamed them or punished them or disciplined them because they looked in the wrong cabinet we would just nudge them in the right direction. Now, if this message is like, bro, it's kind of deep for a July summer message. That's when pastors do their, you know, church at the movies series. Like, <laughs> bro, can you make it a little more simplified? Okay, I I'm gonna simplify it for you. The great mystery in life, the great mystery of the gospel, the great mystery of this journey that we are as children with our loving Father is found in Colossians chapter two, verse two. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Jesus is the mystery. Jesus is the one we're searching for. Jesus is the meaning of life. Jesus is like the air we breathe. And if we don't find him, we will die. Lately, on Wednesday nights, by the way, if you're not joining us for Wednesday nights, man, I really, really encourage you to do so. Um, 
we've been praying for revival in DFW. And I, I sometimes feel like when we pray for revival, we, um, we miss the mark a little bit. So let me explain what we're praying for. We're praying for a powerful move of God. We're praying for thousands, tens of thousands to be born again. We're, we're praying for people to be healed. We're praying for people to be delivered and set free in Jesus' name. But I will say this, revival is not an event. Revival is a person. Revival is Jesus, that there would be more Jesus, more Jesus in our churches, more Jesus in our worship, more Jesus in our kids, more Jesus in our hearts, more Jesus in our homes. When we humble ourselves and we'll have childlike faith and we'll explore the mysterious things of the kingdom of heaven, Father will always reveal Jesus. We'll find more Jesus. Now, let me be careful, though, because I'm not asking you to strive something. I'm not asking you to work harder. I'm not asking you to do something. We don't unlock these kingdom mysteries. They are unlocked for us. So there's no amount of study. There's no amount of striving. There's no amount of working that's going to unlock a mystery in the kingdom of heaven. The Father will reveal it for you. Searching out mysteries in the kingdom of God should be a continual part of our lives. We should always have more questions than answers. The problem in the church is when we stop having more questions, we think we've created such a good theology, such a good religion, that we no longer need to have that level of intimacy with the Father and asking questions about the mysterious, and then we just settle. Let us not ever settle in the kingdom of God. There is always more to learn. Joyce Smith is 89 years old. I was talking to her a few months ago, and she's like, I feel like I still have so much more to learn about God. I'm like, Joyce, you're going to see him face to face sometime in the next probably 10 years, honestly. And you're telling me you still have so much more to learn? I didn't mean to kill you at 99. It could be. I'm just saying, I'm being realistic. Here's this woman who has known Jesus longer than I've been alive, and and I do this for a living, and I have a degree hanging on my wall. And she's like, no, I just feel like there's just still so much more to learn about, about the Lord. Don't ever stop searching. Don't ever stop having childlike wonder. Don't ever stop trying to discover the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. In the, the 90s, Josie and I were in Bible college. There was a, a powerful revival, a visitation from heaven at a church in Pensacola, Florida, they called it the Brownsville Revival. It lasted about five years. Literally millions of people visited the church. Tens of thousands of people became radical Jesus lovers. Many, many young people were trained in Bible college and sent around the world. Josie and I were two of them. But the funny thing at that revival, you know, we'd have these powerful meetings. Some of you struggle to get to church once a week. Some of you struggle to get to church once a month. Um, we had church five days a week. And at some of these meetings, at the end, when the prayer team would pray for people, they'd fall down under the power of God. Some people would laugh uncontrollably and cry under the presence of God. Some people would shake on the ground. One night, I, I, say, I saw, we saw 2,000 people in the middle of worship. We looked up, and the, the cloud of God's glory was in that room. It wasn't a hazer that you can see the beams. It was, it was the glory cloud of heaven that you read about that used to be over the tabernacle was in that room that night. 
there's seasons like that that are still a mystery to me. I don't have all the answers. But I do think that it would be good if we attended more church services and we walked out scratching our head going, I don't know what that was about. That was mysterious. And I loved it. You don't need to figure everything out. You just need to be willing to go along for the journey and be okay with that. Here's another mystery about the Bronzo Revival. A few years later, the evangelist, the guest guy that all those five years he preached every single night, Steve Hill was his name. He died of cancer. Even though tens of thousands of people were praying for him. That's a mystery. Benny Johnson died last week, even though tens of thousands of people, including us, were praying for her. That's a mystery. But only the backslider at heart will judge God by what he didn't do. Only the backslider will judge God by what he didn't do. Part of the mystery of the kingdom is that we give him praise when we're on top of the mountain, but we also give him praise when we are in the valley of the shadow of death. That actually comes from Psalm 91. In Psalm 91, it says that in the valley of the shadow of death, where there is evil pressing in, the Lord sets a table and wants to feast with us. He wants to be with us, which means there are aspects of the presence of God that can only be experienced in the valley. So if you think you've got God all figured out, if there is no mystery in your Christian life, I'm telling you, you have not yet met the Lord. You've met church, you've met religion, you've met a famous preacher, you have not met the Lord if you don't have mystery in your heart. Remember, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the work of kings to search those things out. Hop up on your feet. I don't know why that there is some sort of sacrifice that we make in seeking more of him as we search out these mysteries, but somehow it gives God glory. And in fact, <laughs> There is an aspect to giving glory to the Lord that can only be found when we unlock these mysteries. So we have a, a mandate, an invitation into the mysterious places in the kingdom of God. Some things we're gonna figure out and understand or think we understand. Other things we will not have a clue and that's okay also. The revelation of God's mysteries are for us to figure out but it's not meant to make us smarter. Let me say this, as we figure things out, the deeper things of God, it's not meant to give us intellectual knowledge, it's meant to transform us in his presence. It's not so that we can write a book and become famous, it's so that we can make him famous, so that we can use characteristics that we've learned about the Lord to extend the gospel even further in the darkness. It's always gonna transform us that we would be more like him. Let me ask you a question. Have you truly discovered the mystery of Jesus? Jesus is the answer to every question that you have. Jesus is the mystery that we explore. Jesus is the reason we get out of bed in the morning. Jesus is everything. And He's right here. God's not mad at you. 
No, you don't understand, preacher. You know, I knew the Lord as a young person and then in college and had some wild years. I've run from God. I, don't, I, I, I think that God and I aren't on the best terms. Well, that's a lie. You have believed a lie. God loves you. He's crazy about you. He's not mad at you. Well, you don't understand, I, I struggle with getting drunk, or I struggle with getting high, or I, I struggle with same-sex attraction, or I struggle with lying, or I struggle with anger. And the Lord's like, so? I love you. 2,000 years ago, I already decided what I was going to do for you. And I allowed my body to be beaten and whipped and murdered for you. Jesus loves you so much. So if you've never experienced the mystery that is Jesus. The mystery is that we are sinners, we are orphans, we are bound for death, and that by repenting of our sin, by asking him to forgive us, by surrendering our lives to him, by humbling ourselves like little children and embracing Jesus, that we go from death to life, we go from sinner to saint, we go from orphan to child of the Most High God. Bro, that's a mystery but that's one that I wanna figure out. So if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're not right with Jesus, you haven't fully surrendered to the mystery that is Jesus. It's like you're, you're playing poker and you look at your hand and Jesus is like, I don't even really, all aces. Jesus has given you all aces. You just have to surrender your life and go all in, but you're like betting, you know, one little $5 bet and he's like, Dude, I've given you the victory. Go all in on me. I'm a safe bet. Let go of whatever it is you think you're holding on to. Sur humble yourself. Surrender like a little child to Jesus. I'm telling you, it's better than whatever you think you're holding on to. If you're here this morning and you're not right with God, I want to lead you in a prayer. Now, I can lead you, but I can't pray it for you. It's got to be your prayer. If you believe it in your heart, I want you to pray it out loud. You that are at home, you're watching online, you're sitting in your living room, your couch, in your car, you might be listening to this months later. If you believe it in your heart, I want you to pray it out loud. It might be the first time you've prayed this prayer. It might be the first time in a long time. But why don't we all pray this prayer together? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I repent and I surrender my life to you. I humble myself before you. I receive the gift of salvation. I receive the gift of the mystery that is salvation in Jesus. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Set me free. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with the awe and wonder of childlike faith. Lead me into the mysterious places. Reveal to me who you are in deeper ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.